promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Hello and welcome to the Tread Weary Podcast. This is the place where we gather to hear from the Word of God and to hear it in such a way that we're not looking for demands upon ourselves. We get we get enough of that, and, and those demands are easy to hear because they are the imperatives. They are the things that are telling us what we should do. And instead, our goal here uh, is to hear the Word of God and find what it is that God has done for us and the results that come from that. So thank you for joining us today as we continue our study through 1 Peter. Let us begin. Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 51. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love. According to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore restore the joy of your salvation to me, and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Amen. The reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at the 11th verse. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is one of those uh, politically uh, heated passages in First. Peter, but it is one relevant for us today, uh, uh, definitely. We could pick about 27 different things that we could talk about in this passage to 
have it mean something for us today. But he begins again, remember, uh, I, I urge you as strangers and exiles. Remember, he's writing to people that are outside of their homeland. They are in the diaspora. They've been dispersed. They're in a place that is not their home. And he's urging them as those things, as exiles, as strangers, as foreigners living in a foreign land, to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. This is a uh, interesting direction to be able to go down with this in part because it's something that I've been studying now for about a year plus in which we, uh, especially coming out of the enlightenment, coming out of 19th century Christianity and Puritanism and fundamentalism and this goal for, for, for purity, for moral purity, for, for a moralism that causes us to be a better human being, uh, in which holiness is something of, of that, that strain of purity, of being pure, of being good, of being uh, better than we could ever be kind of a thing. But here, holiness is being spoken of here in First Peter. It's spoken of by Paul in this way and elsewhere. And, and I'm starting to become convinced of this now that, that holiness in and of itself is to be set apart. It, it is to not be uh, normal in the sense of following the path for which uh, the um, world is going in the sense of not of, of what well, we leave the world like the Amish or something like that, but it's being set apart. It's, it's the situation of Israel, for instance, as they're about to enter the promised land and God gives them all these laws. He doesn't give them these laws because pigs are bad or, or getting tattoos is bad or wearing clothing of multiple garments, uh, fibers is bad or, or whatever the case may be. In part, those laws are given because they were to distinguish themselves from the uh, the way that the Canaanites were living, right? They're going to be going into a foreign land amongst a foreign people who they are supposed to conquer and drive out, that they are supposed to punish for 400 years of sin, uh, which... which is how it's talked about in, in the scriptures, be God's instrument for that, just as Babylon was God's instrument against Israel. And they are to be set apart. They are to be different, right? And so here, Peter is coming to the churches that he's, that he's writing to here in the diaspora and speaking to us saying, you are exiles, you are foreigners, you are strangers, your home is somewhere else. And so you are to be different. You are to be set apart. You are to be not the way that other people think you should be. And so he says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, among the nations. Conduct yourselves honorably. Be honorable among them. Stand out as being that kind of different. That you're not just different to get in someone's face and say, you know, well, I don't do that because... But instead you act in an honorable way a loving way with the purpose of making sure that they cannot have anything against you is what he says. So that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Basically giving no place for people to have anything bad to say about you, that, that you are living in an honorable way. And, and elsewhere it says to live in a quiet way, 
I, I believe that's in First Thessalonians, but I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, but to live a quiet life so that you are not to be standing out in front of people so that you don't get uh, hammered <laughs> for, for taking a position that is not good. This is part of the problem that we have with issues of activism in today's world. Uh, when, when activism came onto the scene, especially for the church, the 19th century, it was all about uh, abstinence from alcohol, the temperance movement. Um, it would also be, uh, we could even go back to, to slavery uh, and the anti-slavery movement. And these were things that were fighting against, th- they were fighting against things that it was the honorable way to do this, regardless of your view of, of alcohol and alcohol abuse, uh, this, this view of um, America's own sins when it comes to slavery. The reality is, is that the church was at the forefront of fighting against these things, wanting to fight against the enslavement of other human beings, so standing out in that way. But the difference is, is that you end up having people like John Brown who would attack and kill people to try and fight against slavery, being caught by the government and executed. And many people still see him as a martyr, but if we were to look at it from a Christian perspective, he was not exactly living honorably, correct? But then you have others like William Wilberforce who did everything he could to outlaw slavery and he finally got it passed through Parliament. The same thing goes with the temperance movement. You have a bunch of wives and mothers wanting to fight against this issue of addiction that causes people to do things that they should not do or that they would not normally do. And that's one of the struggles with alcohol, right? Usually addiction uh, is one of the main causes of things like homelessness or uh, domestic violence uh, or or, uh, parental violence against children, those sorts of things. Alcohol and addiction leading to those, those things. Not that alcohol in itself is bad, it's the result of the overuse of that gift given to us by God. And so the church has been at the forefront of some of those things. But now, post-60s, uh, activism has turned into violence. It's turned into uh fights, open fights in the street. We, we see it. If you take the time to look at everything that's happening between Antifa and Proud Boys and, and all these other things, it's, it, there's nothing in it that is going to change people's minds. If anything, it just polarizes people and gets people upset. It doesn't cause any change. There's no honorable uh, way of living in that. And so modern day activism, I, I, I tend to have an issue as a pastor with it because what I see in it is that it's not pulling off what it is that is wanted to be done, right? You want to change people's minds about something. You want to bring about some sort of change that helps people. And, and yet you're doing it in such a way that it's not bringing that about at all. If anything, what it's doing is it's causing people to dig in their heels and fight against it. And, and so here, when Peter's telling us to live honorably, he, he's telling us to live in such a way that you're not going around breaking actual laws and turning into criminals because you think you need to do this in order to save yourself or whatever. And that's an issue of faith, right? To trust that God is going to take care of you, that God is going to take care of those in your life, that God is going to take care of and make sure that you are, uh, you are provided for and cared for and that you have a God who loves you. And so that's an issue of faith. 
here he's saying it's an issue of faith, of trusting God. Trusting that you do the right thing, and if you get hammered for doing the right thing, if you get crucified, if you get executed, if you get killed for doing the right thing, so what? So what? Because then he goes on in verse 13, Submit to every human authority because the Lord, whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him, to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. Is he meaning that we just submit blindly to the government? No, that's that's not what he means, that, that we just go along to get along. There's going to be times in which we will have to resist uh, in in one way or or another. Uh, you, you can think of the work that was done by the underground church in Germany during Nazism and, and the Holocaust. They were resisting as best they could, but they had to keep up appearances, right, to be able to make sure that they could continue their work. But here is saying to submit to them to the extent that you can, to submit to them to the extent to not fight against the government on every single possible thing. And this is coming from someone who's a libertarian. So, you know, I'm not exactly the the poster child for, for following government authority, but to, to submit for the purpose of making sure that nothing ill can be said of you. That you're providing an example for others to say, we're going to live peaceably, we're going to live quietly, and we're going to do everything we can so that when they come against us with any sort of, of charges for things, that none of it will stick because we'll be able to prove that we are not who they say we are. And, and then he says, for it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. By, by sitting there uh, and, and fighting against people and giving them the opportunity to call foul is not going to help you. But to be one who is able to uh, step forward and say, go ahead, look into my past, look into my present. Have you seen anything that, is, that tells you that I'm going to be a certain way? No. And you, you open the door for them not to be able to come against you with anything to, to because in part it's a it's a testimony of Christ right it's a testimony of the church being able to stand up uh, in society and be able to say no we are doing what we can for our people for our our group but at the same time you cannot come against us with any charges of breaking the law within an extent right we were wanting to make sure that we are not living in such a way to fight against the government just because we don't like it or something like that. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Uh, submitting in such a way as submission, as humility, being the hallmark of the Christian life. Uh, I've talked about this a lot with my young adults Bible study on Monday nights. We've been looking at First at and Second Samuel uh, and looking at the life of David especially and seeing how humili- humility or even humiliation is the central focus of the life of David. Being willing to be the low man on the totem pole, being willing to be, to be the lowliest of the lowly, that God might raise you up. Here, here uh, saying you submit within your freedom as being set free from the law, being set free from governmental authority, being set free from, from sin, being set th- 
free from the fear of death, but you're able to submit uh, to the extent that you're able to submit, knowing that your submission to the government, whatever that's going to look like, is not uh, going to condemn you to hell, for instance, or, or cause you, or even, even if that submission brings about death for you, knowing that Christ will raise you. Then he finishes it with honor everyone. That's something we suck at, isn't it? Honor everyone. No, we're, we're good at seeking honor for ourselves, but not honoring everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. That's a huge one too. I was talking about this with our council president yesterday and, and, um, and thinking about how we're transforming faith formation here at our church, realizing that we're really good at education and we're really good at quote unquote faith formation, whatever that means. But the problem that we've run into, the reason why we have young people leaving the church left, right, and center is because we, we can teach them a whole bunch of information. But either one, we have not shared with them the love of Christ that caused them to want to love Jesus, to adore him. Number two, we don't bring them into a situation for them to love and adore their local church. They may like their friends that they meet there, but we haven't put them in a position to be loved or love the people of the church, the other adoptive grandmas and grandpas, for instance, in the church. Love the brothers and sisters to quite literally be in love with those who you've been called into community with in your church. It's, it's hard enough to try and get people to submit to the government. How much harder would it be for us to actually submit to one another in love? That's, that's an even bigger deal, I think. <laughs> but here it's this focus on honor and humility and submission. Because it finally says, fear God, honor the emperor. That's got to be one of the biggest black eyes that Peter could give to anybody. Honor the emperor, this emperor who's persecuting us, who's killing us. Well, yeah, you honor him only because he's been put in authority by, by God. And, and you do everything you can to make sure so that when the story gets broken, that this government is persecuting a peaceful people, killing a peaceful people. It doesn't look good for the cameras. Going back to that question of activism, you think of it this way. Back when activism was huge around the civil rights movement, what really changed the hearts and minds of people were seeing the pictures of people just sitting at a food counter, for instance, in Woolworths, and having milkshakes dumped on their heads and get screamed at and yelled at because all they're doing is sitting at a chair at a counter wanting to be served. Or the people marching from one place to another and getting hit by fire hoses and dogs. And they're not throwing Molotov cocktails. They're not spraying people with bear mace. They're not... Um, punching people in the face, stabbing people, shooting people, doing nothing like that. They're singing and wanting a change in the country. What changed it was seeing this, this peaceful in your face. The things that you are doing right now are so stupid. Why are you doing them, America? American society, why is this part of your life? Those are the things that changed the hearts and minds of people. And that's where we're brought to as, um, as Christians, when we're told to honor the emperor, for instance, we do it in such a way 
so that we might change people's hearts and minds to turn them towards uh, God so that they might have this question, well, how can you, how can you love God and love someone who's wanting to kill you because of your God? Well, my God has called me to do this. That's why. Let's pray. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, the spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without thee may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will. Through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, I hope you are having a wonderful week. I just got done with a little bit of uh, vacation, and it was a wonderful time with my wife and family in Alaska, and uh, hoping that you are getting some rest here. We have school starting up here in Ridgecrest in, in just a, a few days, and which is weird. It's beginning at the beginning of August. But if you have a chance, please uh, take the time to share this podcast with others. Uh, subscribe uh, on whatever platform you're listening to on this uh, and get the, get the word out. We're, we're wanting to share these words that come to us of freedom and grace, such as here. We have this freedom to submit to the government in, in to a certain extent because of what Christ has done for us. And so we hold on to that. Well, with that being said, go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you next week.